and welcome to 9 to 42, the podcast from the team at the Guitar Show UK. Join us for interviews, updates and chat with artists, influencers and those that manufacture the gear that we love. Hello and welcome to 9 to 42, the podcast from the guys at the Guitar Show UK and my very good friend, my very good friend Jason Hunt is on screen. How are you, Jace? I'm very good. Thank you, Ant. Had a cool. great week. How are you? Well, I'm really well, but I'm now intrigued as to why you've had a great week. I, I, I spent yesterday um, converting all of these podcasts into film so I could load them onto YouTube. Right. And so far, we've been watched, because that's the figure they give, for 12 and a half hours, <laughs> 24 right. hours. Now, that is that multiple people, or is that one, <laughs> it's one serious insomniac? <laughs> no, no, it's multiple people. Right. Which is actually quite amazing, because in America, obviously, yesterday, they decided to impeach a president, and yet people still thought we were better entertainment value than that. Yeah, and the weird thing is that um, we had 15 listens between midnight and 6am, so unless ah. there are British insomniacs, that's clearly people that are not in the UK. Yeah. Or, or they're wrong-uns. <laughs> Maybe there's a load of robbers, or people doing nefarious activity. That just happen to, you know, like us to be their soundtrack. Or there's a load of musicians that still haven't adjusted to uh, life at, you know. Yeah, there's probably that as well. Nine to five. Um, so th- this little bit of preamble um, is because obviously we're now sponsored by Focusrite. We are. And so for those shows that we've pre-recorded before that time, um, to allow us to go on and tell the world that we're sponsored by Focus, right? we're having to do this bit of preamble. So the show tonight, which is really, really uh, exciting, and, and I'm going to let you do it because I know you're going to enjoy doing it. Um, <laughs> go on, you can go on, tell everyone what it is. It's Bruce Kulik, uh, formerly of KISS. So, because we've done that interview with Bruce, and we did it before Christmas, in fact, we did it about the first week of December, didn't we, I think? Yeah, uh, it was, um, God, when's his birthday? Did we do it on the 11th of December, something like that? I think his birthday's the 12th, something like that. I, I don't know, but the whole fanboy thing of knowing his birthday is just a little <laughs> bit scary. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> just a little bit scary. <coughs> but, it, but it was early doors, it was around about then. So, uh, and obviously we'd not tied up the deal with Focus Right. So, but the interesting thing is that Bruce in the in the actual interview mentions the fact he has a Focus Right interface, doesn't he? He does. He does. So I, I dropped him an email this week. We had a nice email conversation this week. Actually, it went on for ten, fifteen emails. Um, he uses a Focus Right six i six in his home there studio. Are. There we are. So how fortuitous! We don't need to do any kind of corporate. Um, spiel tonight because we can just say do you know what it's great gear and in proof of the pudding is the fact that our guest this e- our guest this evening Bruce Cooley uses the gear yeah and I keep saying evening because it's evening while we're talking and you could be listening to this in the morning so <laughs> ignore the time reference but we just happen to record in this uh, well we're recording it before bizarrely before we do our next interview aren't we we are yeah so we're just about to um, sit down with Aziz formerly of Simply Red, Stone Roses, multiple, multiple acts. Ian Brown, Asia, Jar Wobble, yeah. Steve yeah. Hogarth, Paul the list, Weller. The list just goes on and on. Yeah, yeah. He's literally been 
He's he's literally been turfed out by that many different people. <laughs> I might, might mention that to him actually. Don't know how well that'll go down. Um, but yes, yeah, so we're about to talk to Aziz, but but uh, and that'll be coming to you next. But in the next in the next sort of forty five minutes to an hour, you're going to have Bruce Kulik, and it was a great conversation with Bruce, wasn't it? What a lovely, <laughs> lovely, lovely chap. It was. I was about to say it was a crazy, crazy night. Oh, see what you did there. Uh, go on, do it with another one then. What, another Kiss song? Yeah, another one of his Kiss songs. Oh, oh God. There's so many to choose from. Oh, there's no point flopping out your crazy, crazy night if oh, you can't I, follow it up. I could, I could do Reason reason to Believe, Forever, you know, yeah, I you, Walk you, Alone. Yeah, but you've got to weave it into the chat. Know, That's I the know, thing. Uh, no, but it was a really, really, really nice conversation with Bruce. As you're going to hear in the next. Just say minutes. reason to believe, reason to live. Sorry. Yeah, reason to believe, Rod Stewart. Yeah. Well, I like Rod as well. Oh, we all like a bit of Rod. <laughs> well, I like Rod up to about 1974. Well, yeah, up to the point where his voice started to go. Well, up until the point that he went to America. Anyway, we're off topic. Yes, we are well off topic. So sit down if you're not sat down. But if you don't want to sit down, don't sit down either. But just prepare yourself. Put yourself in a space to enjoy the conversation that we had with Bruce Kulick just before Christmas 2020. Hello and welcome to 9 to 42. And this is the podcast from the guys at the Guitar Show UK. Uh, as ever, my good friend Jason Hunt is on screen. Hi, Jace. How are you? I'm all right, Ant. How are you? Do you know what? I'm really well, and I'm starting to feel just a little bit festive um, <laughs> because the Christmas Radio Times dropped this week, which will mean nothing to our guests, but it'll mean something to me and something yeah. to me and you. Uh, which is a, which for our guest is a TV schedule that drops in about now, which tells you all the stuff that's going to be on over the holidays, and is just a big deal for people in the in the UK. It's a, uh, I remember my grandparents highlighting. Programs I, I, they would watch over the Christmas period. I, I still do. I still <laughs> sit down with a biro and I mark the films that I want to watch over. It's terrible, isn't it? In the world of streaming, I still, I still do that. And and to our guest, and we are both very excited uh, because we have uh, Bruce Kulick with us tonight. Who's who's Bruce? Is it right that you're in Vegas? I do. I live in Las Vegas. Yes, moved here a few years ago. Yep. Right, so uh, Bruce is uh, is certainly known to me uh, as being um, the guitarist in Kiss uh, through a period of when I I sort of um, got got into the band a little bit, um, but has done lots of other stuff which we're going to explore through the course of the evening. But I guess the first question is, Bruce, how are you? How are you coping with everything that's going on? How's COVID touched your life? Is everything is everything okay? Yes, um, remarkably, um, being home and the fact that I'm in in a happy marriage and and my wife's also creative and I've been able to explore creative things with her um that's quite you know that's the silver lining of a pandemic because for the past most of the year well I've been with Lisa now like almost 10 years or 10 years she'll kill me if I didn't get it right but let's just say more than 10 (laughs) years okay and uh uh the fact is that um for the past 20 years, I've been touring with Grand Funk. Touring with them would mean every weekend I'm flying somewhere. Sometimes I'm even gone for like a week or 10 days. It's not like the Kiss tours, if you get what I mean. It's mm-hmm. those fly dates that a lot of bands do, especially the uh, classic rock groups. Because you're doing casinos and, and state fairs and things like that. And and then I always would fit in things in between that related more a little bit to my 
Kiss um, resume, shall I say? So the, mm-hmm. you know the Expo or the Kiss cruise or things like that. And obviously in March everything came to a screaming halt, okay, from COVID. And um, you know during the lockdown, I, I instead of I was in shock like everybody, but I started to get very um, you know wanting to reach out to the fans. So I started to embrace them with riffs and I called them isolated riffs and I was performing kiss tracks and all to my you know whatever it was from iTunes or I just would play then I realized well Lisa and I have performed a few times together let's uh put together some songs and like once every week or two we would share a a YouTube video um and, and upload it to Facebook and all um so I've been staying really creative uh in many many ways and it forced me to learn a lot of things like Garage Band. I, I used to fool around with that a little bit on the iPad just when I was traveling. But mm. to do the, the little bigger version, and I promised a lot of my friends who told me, oh, you know, get into Logic, the next step up, you know what I mean? Uh, I had Pro Tools years ago, but it was much easier for me to just have a friend of mine come over and, and man the machine, let me be creative and deal with all of that. Because Pro Tools is, is much more complex, and I, I think to to something like GarageBand, yeah, even yeah. though I'm really impressed how sophisticated GarageBand can be um, and how good, especially when I decided, well, I'm going to record guitars for people. Uh, and I used to get sessions, but it would be simple. I'd go to someone's house and they'd come over with a laptop. We'd use, they would probably have really good plugins and all for guitar stuff because the simulation now has been really incredible. Um but now I realized I, I don't want people here if I don't have to have it. <laughs> so I forced myself to learn that. So, uh, you know, even before this interview, we, you know, you and you guys and us, we, we all had a microphone chat, you know. And, <laughs> and, and I've learned so much with that. I learned iMovie because um, I used to ask other people to do things and the vision was never exactly how I had it. And I have so much uh, content on my computer and my archives so I've really, uh, you know, uh, I, I dove in. My wife first showed me some things because she experimented with it a few years back. And now that's another thing under my belt. So I've learned all these, you know, at-home kind of audio and visual techniques that I didn't know before. And just managing social media and all the – between Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and the official page and the personal page and all that – has been incredible. And to be honest, since March, I have not had a gig except for occasional recording thing. Uh, Some guitar lessons online. That's been fun. Uh, Some things like what we're doing, obviously, Mm -hmm. where I get to really talk about my, um, you know, uh, knowledge of gear or or just talk about an experience like when Eddie Van Halen passed away. So it's been really almost one of my busiest periods of time I've ever had in my life. And I've been busy where I would be traveling from one, you know, project, let's say the Grand Funk gigs, and then I have to leave to get on the Kiss Cruise, and then I go back to a Grand Funk gig, and then within a week, I'm off to another country to do a, you know, a performance or a clinic. So that many times my wife, my, my life has been really busy, and, and, and uh, all, but, but this is concentrated in a different way. And without the gig money, that have has been I've been so blessed with for for especially just if I want to talk Grand Funk for twenty years in a row, you know, doing forty to fifty gigs every year, um, I don't have that. So that made me very aggressive about every new thing I can do. Okay, yeah. and and if it could generate some income, that's the big bonus. Uh, 
I never really did enough merchandise that my fans would would enjoy because I didn't always have time, didn't think maybe they would uh, be that into it. And now seeing that they really are. My era has become, my, my non-makeup years have become more and more, I feel, um, uh, loved and appreciated, especially with Kiss carrying on with makeup, Kiss not embracing that era much. So in truth, I've been doing well. Uh, I've been able to survive and I've been able to embrace my fan. And, and uh, you know, and I'm not saying this in a purely marketing standpoint, but I've been improving my visibility and brand to my fans. And, and, and I think with, with the typical year of touring and being out of town all the time, that wasn't easy to do. So I no. really feel that uh, uh, there's been so much to learn and I have been um, attacking it on all levels. When I don't know what I'm doing, I reach out, you know, I try to find the information online. And if I can't, I ask somebody, you know, mm. from the posting to the video, I have a, uh, you know, a, a giant file that shows me how to do lighting better. You know, a neighbor of mine loaned me lights. So my production kept increasing and people would ask me and I, and I would see what they're doing wrong. And if it's a friend, I might mention, you know, don't don't put the, you know, the the camera down there and make sure you have this kind of light and that kind of, you know. So I, I've it's been an incredibly... It's almost like I went back to school and I started from ground zero. It's very, very weird, you know, and everything that I always aspired to want to do, because I always enjoyed doing um, recording at home, but it was a four track. Then it was a, you know, a 12 track, a Kai. Those were wild machines. Everybody <laughs> in Kiss had one when I was in the band. And I was the only one that knew how to bust the tracks and, and add effects and things. So I'm. You know, and then you know the capability you can that, that that's at your fingertips now on a computer in a program like GarageBand. So it's really been, like I said, a, a, an entirely new universe for me of of, of tools to to really have a, um, a an impact and and improve my career and carry it on and in some ways do things that I never probably would have been able to do myself if it wasn't for something as horrible as a pandemic, <laughs> you know, forcing everybody to just rethink their work. Well, there's a couple of things I want to jump in on that because that, I mean, that was a, a that was a fascinating recap and, and and a few things actually, you know, you said right at the beginning that there was that thing with, uh, I think, did you say isolated riffs? So Yeah, you it was know, called isolated uh, riffs, yeah. And I think a lot of people very much at the beginning, um, you know, just wanted to share bits of content. Um, yes. just just wanted to put something out there because it was kind of we're all in this together what can we do just to keep each other going mm-hmm. and, and and there was a lot of that and I think I think so you know you saw a lot of artists do that and then you know what you've described really then has be- become a thing everybody has, has said well look if this is what it's going to be you know there's opportunity for me to work on my brand here Mm-hmm. And what and what tools do I need for my brand? And is it video? Is it audio? What is it? Is it a podcast? Is it? Is it? Am I going to go mm-hmm. down the YouTube route? Is it going to be live streaming? Am I, am I going to do little gigs? Whatever. And everybody's done it a slightly different way. But you're right. It's made us look at. Well, hang on a minute. All these tools actually were always here. You know, mm-hmm. iMovie was always there. It was always been on my on my on my Mac. Right. You know, Garage you know, Garage Band's always been on my Mac. And it's only when you start to look. Because I'm with you on Pro Tools and Logic and all those things. Um, sometimes you get swamped by the sheer amount of stuff that's available to you when actually the creativity comes from, look, give me something I can record on 
and let me be creative. And GarageBand right. actually absolutely does that. Absolutely. And the iMovie, it gets, it's another level of that. You know, and it, it, I, I can't tell you how good I feel when there's like a professional film editor who's watching my content and saying, you're doing a really good job with that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I, I, I don't have a lesson. I learn by wanting to, you know, like destroy my computer because, you know what I mean, when, when you don't understand why is it out of sync? Why is this happening? Why did that happen? Where did it go? You know, why won't it, it why can't I import this? And then in time, I remember my wife was like practically in tears multiple times when, when I was relying on her to first do it. And then I would jump in with her and watch. And then I would realize I would think like the garage band on the iMovie yeah. and say, I think I, I don't think we can do it that way uh, because I see the way they want you to edit, you, you know, and then applying yeah. that. And, and I learned from a, a, I, I've had I've been blessed by working with some people that are just they just slap the keyboard around, bop, 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 and everything's mm. happening. And it sounds amazing. But there but there were times they'd hit a wall. OK. Mm. And something doesn't work. And all of a sudden what should work doesn't work. And they both of them were always very clear about there's always a workaround. And there always was. So that, that, that taught me that no matter, you know, like what comes up, there's always a solution. There's always, always another way to do it. Uh, it will take more time and you better hunker down and realize that, you, you know, everything's not instant on this stuff, as you guys know. And, um, and, and that's with everything, though, with, with even without me, you know, just studying these programs like GarageBand and iMovie. If you want to learn a song right, you know. Uh, if it's a challenge, well, there's tools for you to help, but you're going to have to spend some time. So I've become very patient, you know, and I know mm-hmm. that if I think it's only going to take me two hours, I try to budget three, yeah. you know, into into doing it, you know. But uh, I got to admit that uh, I know these things were always there. I was fascinated when my keyboard player and Graham Funk with on a flight on his iPhone put together a music video and show it to mm-hmm. me. You know what I mean? I'd be like, "How the hell did he do that?" <laughs> you, you know what I mean? And yeah. and 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 here I am, doing kind of really um, a bit complex uh, stuff now. I mean, in the past, like kind of six weeks, uh, some of the more complicated things became real obvious to me. And then the things that always frustrated me that I couldn't understand: why is Ken Burns doing this, or yeah. why won't you know? Why doesn't GarageBand? You know, why am I like, where did that track go? You know, and then I'm realizing, why can't I edit this properly? I know where, what, what, what I want to do. All those things start to just fall to the wayside and they become like, you know, like, oh, well, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know about that before. Yeah. <laughs> so the learning curve has been tremendous. And, and I share the tips with my friends to try to help them through it. Some people just don't have patience. And I have yeah. to admit, I, I, uh, and Lisa knows when I'm like really uh, we have like an open my office is like open to the living room where and she works on the big island there where she does her artwork stuff so she can hear me like <laughs> you know she, she she must know don't worry Bruce you'll figure it out <laughs> you know I, I I make these growly faces and everything but that's my my process to just go like I'm not doing something right. You know, yeah. and I, I can't tell you how many times if it wasn't for that trial trial and error and the experience of working on it, that's how you, you learn on these things. But I, I could say that about someone who doesn't really, they're trying to play fast and they play yeah. sloppy because they didn't spend the time to walk before they run, you know. So, uh, you know, I love seeing myself complete, you know, com, com, you know, constantly kind of like beating before and doing better stuff and and it looking good and look and then going up a little notch you know 
yeah, I don't want it to go backwards, obviously. You know, I want the guitar sounds to get better on my uh, garage band, and I want the movie, you know, the presentations to look more 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 seamless, shall I say, or more natural, you know, and, and, and not be distracting. How does it feel? You know what I mean? Mm. Well, how does it make you feel, really? Just like the music, the video is the same thing, you know. But I've let's talk watching... gear. Gear is more, more important than oh, the video. Because yeah, I've been watching the... Um, the sort of isolated riffs things. And there's, there's that, um, as I say, kid. He's a kid to me now. Um, that's been taking your isolated riffs, isn't he? And he's, put, he's been recording the whole sort of Kiss song around them. Right. And sort of dropping you in. I, I, I was very flattered to see that. And there's a couple of really good ones out there. Originally, everything was primitive because of COVID and the lockdown and, and, and everything. So I'd be like, all right, I'm going to play like my jungle, you know, clinic performance that I would do at, let's say, one of your guitar shows, you know, if you had me in mm. a room. And But I'm just sitting right in front of this computer right here, you know, with the track blaring and I'm playing my guitar, one take, and here you go. And it's like done on the iPhone, you know, vertical, right? And then next thing you know... They stick a drummer in, a bass player, or some guy just takes the solo and he performs the whole song and pops me in. You know, I I don't do um, the isolated riffs anymore because now I'm I'm preferring to present, to rap whatever I want to celebrate or share with anybody with within a bigger story. Now that I know that, but I am quite flattered that the people wanted to do that. And and lots of times, you know, depending on the source of the song, that how I performed it. If I did it without the actual kiss recording behind me then the then the key might be weird the timing might be weird and i see that they they, they kind of fool with that too um all i could say is that all that's flattering to me period and it's all done with good intent and and it entertains people and i i look at like w- which ones were you know people responded to the most some of the guitars in a month and i still didn't do december yet by the way because i've been too busy with these I have a couple of actual streaming gigs coming up. You know what I mean? So, uh, and that was a whole nother thing. Now my living room turns into a, you know, amps and, and PAs and, and sure microphones and, and, and figuring out, well, am I using backing tracks? I better have more percussion that we won't know. We'll lose the, the beat. You know what I mean? So um, I, that was a whole nother thing to work on. But, but these challenges are always, uh, um, uh, you know, they're a pleasure for me to get to the other side, shall I say, when I actually, yeah, yeah. you know, make it work. But, but, but uh, you know, I want to present my story the best way I can and my isolated riffs, I'm calling them, or the guitar of the months now I'm calling Amplified. You know what I mean? Because I used <laughs> to just like stand in front of something and then for a minute – because on Instagram, it can only be a minute. Okay, this, this ESP was used during the Crazy Night Store, you know, and then I keep it a minute. Now I could do 10 minutes, upload to any of them. You know, for, for Twitter, it would be a YouTube, right? Yeah. And now I can drop in photos. I could tell the story. Mm. I could do voiceover. I could whatever. You know, um, I'm, I, I, I love that all these options are here, and I think, I think Ant put it the best way, that it's always really about your creativity and your vision. And these are just the tools there to help you do yeah. it. Yeah, and the same, was... you know, that's what that that's the that's the beauty of it. If you if you understand the mechanics, now be creative with it. Now, yeah. get the vision. Yeah, because last last month's guitar of the month or amplified was the um, radioactive guitar. Yes. wasn't it? Well, I uh, did two radioactives: a red BC Rich, but then the following month I followed with the ESP black one are you referring to the red one or the black the red one yeah the the, red one one had a really big story because of Mm. the fact that uh you know um that guitar i gave to eric carr next thing i know 
you know, he dies, but in his will, uh, even though he left me music, he didn't do anything with, he gave the guitars to like, like, like friends of his. And next thing you know, of course they just run down, they get the guitar and they run down and sell it. You know what I mean? There it is Mm -hmm. in the, in the, in the, we buy guitars. And so it had a fascinating story. And then, you know, ultimately now it winds up, that's what I'm also busy with, with, with my merch helper is uh, the mini guitars that I made of those of that model, you know what I mean, which I started yeah. to promote shortly after that. So it's a great story with that guitar, it really is. Even though it wasn't a really well-recorded guitar or performed guitar, but it relates to the Radioactive Suit, which I now own, which is very nice. It's in my home in a mannequin <laughs> on a big, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> it's cool. We call him Mr. Radioactive, you know. And, um, yeah, you know, I've been celebrating my Kiss years uh, more so during COVID than ever, I think, mm. you know. I, th- I think you should because, you know, I'm 51. Mm-hmm. And the first time I saw Kiss was the Lick It Up tour in 83. And I was 12 or 13, roughly, can't, can't remember. So, you know, I never knew Kiss in makeup. Whilst I discovered them prior to that, um, I never actually saw them in makeup. So for all of my teenage years and into my 20s, Kiss didn't wear makeup. And that was the era that I fell in love with. Sure. I mean, you know, I'd have seen you the following year on the Animalized tour at the horrible, the worst venue in the world, Stafford Bingley Hall, the cow shed. <laughs> and I just always, I always wondered what Kiss thought when they got to a cow shed in the middle of Stafford. And it was like, I'd seen all of these like Budokan and Madison Square Garden sure. sort of like illegal videos. And then, I, I, you know, I mean, what's your impression when you turn up to a, what still has cow shit on the floor kind of venue? <laughs> was that in 84 uh, for the Animalized tour? Yeah. 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 I mean, that first tour for me, anywhere they took me, I was thrilled to death because, you know, I was, you know, originally just a temporary guitar player for Kiss. But it was still uh, joyful. I remember Eric Carr would complain sometimes in the limo back to the, you know, hotel and everything. And I'd be like, you know, how many people would like, like, you know, just want your gig? You know what I mean? Please stop. okay? but uh, I I do think that uh, Gene and Paul. Yeah. Gigs that are a little less uh, prestigious or funky. Uh, they were aware of it, but it was still always like they committed, you know, they're going to perform and it's going to be that relationship on stage performing. And if there's a crowd, they're happy. Now, if you put us in a cow shit arena or venue with nobody there or a couple hundred people, it's not going to go very well. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, I don't remember any of the gigs on that tour actually in any way you know people being like uh this is terrible there were times it was challenging for the staging you know i mean the shape of the venue or what we can use but uh that animalized thing was you know you got to remember the band built up from lick it up and prior to that they were really struggling you know Mm. creatures of night great album and everything but now ace is gone and and it didn't really sell that well the elder was prior to that and a lot of people you know they were just falling out of favor yeah. But but Jason, you're like many of the uh, fans that especially are are passionate for my era. They tr- they they started with my era, so that became the kiss they knew, you know. Um, and then obviously they still support them, probably in you know in mm. any any form. But but um, I, I I love it. Your age is perfect for that. I flew to um, New York uh, last March with a friend of mine to go and see Kiss at Madison Square Garden because we, 
you know, it's the end of the road. It was the end. You know, we'd never seen them uh, anywhere other than the UK. Right. And, and, and the it, garden is a really special place too. Yeah, you know, and it's like, well, they're they're from New York. It's, it's yep. the place to go. So uh, we went, and it was brilliant. But I think they only played "Lick It Up" from the non-makeup years, and then they, when we saw them in the UK a couple of months later, they they added "Crazy Crazy Nights" in because obviously yeah. that was because it hit. was such a big hit in the UK. Yeah, no, they they you know, I know they're not doing it intentionally, but they have really not bothered to want to. Um, talk about and you know in any way perform or celebrate the non-makeup years okay because their model now is the makeup and then they have Mm. a wealth of material with the makeup and then some of those makeup albums they did after even you know peter and ace left you know what i mean yeah uh so what i'm saying is their 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 um lack of of that use just makes my very creative and passionate usage of those 12 years. And now with all these anniversaries celebrating, first I celebrated late last year, um, the Animalized tour and all that, you know, and then this year I've been able to do the Asylum album coming out and then the, you know, the start of the tour. And that, that was really well received, especially because I was able to share this video of who won't, that the Who song won't get fooled again, performed yeah, by yeah. us. So uh, ultimately, it, it's been uh, tremendously ignored by them. And I just pick up the ball and run because it's, it's what I know and what I know the fans are really hungry for. So um, what can I say? You know, uh, I'd still see a lot of good in them performing and being out there obviously they couldn't do anything either during the pandemic and ironically they have a streaming gig for new year's which is very clever and it's going to be really cool and then i have a streaming gig you know what i mean um on a much smaller level it's going to be from my living room you know not not dubai or wherever they're playing yeah not dubai and not 50 cameras you know we're talking about two iphones okay (laughs) but 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 it's going to look great because i understand how to do that and and uh Honestly, uh, and the other gig that I'm prepping for is actually something for, uh, uh, you know, a corporate thing where where I I actually did physically perform with my wife a few years back for these people. But now they're happy with a streaming, you know, packaged concert from from me. And it'll be actually Todd and I again, Todd Kearns, you know, the guy from Slash and and my cruise band and my wife uh, to pop in on on a couple of tunes. And he'll be thrilled with that. You see what I mean? Um, and and that I think you know, Ant made a point about earlier. I wanted to expound upon expound upon it. It's just it, it's a it's it really is so new all this stuff that there isn't one you know big leading uh, platform for it or way to do it, way to deliver it, way to uh, and and. But I like that everyone's they're getting in the pool. You know what I mean? But yeah, I yeah. you know and and of course for every. Um, uh, you, you know, artist, it, it needs to be a little different because not everyone can do what Kiss is going to do. But um, you know, I I, I do feel that uh, people should support it and and be happy with it because, in any way, because I'm hoping that until things are safe and it goes back to a more normal environment for us, which could be still quite many many months away. You know, um, why not? Turn on a television and 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 look at a live stream and, and enjoy someone you know performing. I, I'm and I'm hoping that people get that. Not that I necessarily will know how many people tune in to Kiss, 
but um, they're putting on the concert, and I'm sure they got paid. <laughs> before they play a note you know <laughs> I, I think there's a couple of things that follow for that one is you 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 know we're mangling the platforms a little bit we, we we're seeing what we can do with platforms and i think that's great because the platforms um you know they've been used for they've had a primary use but now what creatives are doing are, are exploring ways of of really using the platforms to really touch as many people as possible and Correct. i think that the really interesting thing about where we are is that we we're breaking down the barriers all the time between the creative the artist and and the and the fan or, or the consumer who are now able to almost have a, a literally a one-to-one relationship because you know you're seeing things that people are doing with your video content and they're taking your video content and they're moving it on and making it into something else as well so creativity is leading to more creativity yep. and, and and then i share it and then you, <laughs> you know. share and it becomes yep. a beauty, beautiful thing and i think mm-hmm. you know we've that's the for all the arguments through covid and for all the messing about with you know should you wear a face mask or shouldn't you wear a face mask or whatever it might be in the middle, there's some really nice, special yep. human things going on, uh, and I think it's I think it's wonderful for all of us that that's happening. Uh, Absolutely, and, uh, you know. And I think for I think the great thing for anybody who is creative is that the audience now is recognizing that there's a value in that relationship with that artist, and they're quite prepared to support as well to keep the content coming. Which I think is, I think is re- I think is a real fundamental thing. We don't need to be tied to Spotify for the rest of our lives. We should. Right. There's, there's ways here to make sure that it's a more organic route to make sure that people who are creating content are rewarded for for creating that content and keep doing it. And the beautiful thing then is that the audience can talk to the creator, and the creator is able to then include the audience in what they're doing. And yes. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean. Uh... One opportunity that came up I didn't mention earlier that I really do want to mention is um, I'm good friends and I've known Chris Jericho for a long time and and he's I don't know how well he's known in the UK but yeah, you know yeah. he's just yeah okay so he's got that band Fozzy which which is a much heavier kind of aggressive mm. rock style than than is is my cup of tea but either way I got a lot of respect for him for uh, anyone that's like big at one thing and then they're very competent and talented at another thing and successful it's remarkable you know what i mean when you can wear all those hats and do it and uh he started this quarantine band okay that i that was actually my first real well i gotta get this garage band thing going and record you know i have a, a 112 celestian speaker in my laundry room you know and i bring it bring it into my office into the focus right into the thing and i'm blasting I didn't use the Marshall head for that. I used, like, I have these uh, Eggnator heads that have a yeah, lower yeah. wattage, a Rebel, I think it's the Rebel 25 or 30 or something, Rebel 30, and that's loud enough. And I got a real legitimate sound, my vintage wah-wah pedal and overdrive and go. You know what I mean? And I'm doing harder chrome for him. And, and that became a video. He has some terrific band members, again, guys that don't, don't usually play with, with Jericho, but there they are, you know, with Chris on this project. And I made friends with them. Um, and so they had he had no 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 come out which did really well but I'm not involved with that but Heart of Chrome was mine and we've done some things together online and and just having that relationship and you know and ironically of course his main career the the, the wrestling thing didn't stop you know they they, they yeah because it it's going on wasn't it 
Yeah, it's televised, and then they have those people on TV screens like watching or whatever. But music, you know, what's going on with the entertainment business is really uh, it concerns me. But in the meantime, I, I'm just going to shut up and play my guitar and entertain people and be creative, because uh, if if you're not doing a lot of that, I don't know how how you're surviving right now. Because you know, and I'm, I was typically a live gigging, earning musician. Mm. You know what I mean, and you know, I don't know when bands can go back out on the road quite yet. You see, you yeah. know that. So yeah, I mean, they're talking. I they're talking in the UK of kind of late spring, early summer. Right. But I know that Biden was saying that it's probably going to be June, July time because obviously because you've got like ten times the amount of people that we have, yep. so ten times the number of vaccines that have to be done. Yes. Um. You know, so it's not that simple is it but i no, mean you know, i know a lot of the venues in the uk have written off until september october time really before yep. they consider anything's really going to start and, and that kiss cruise which is when i really connect with the kiss fans okay yeah, yeah. um that's postponed till next you know the halloween period you know the mm. end of october and i'm hoping that something like that can be you know still everything being much calmer and, and you can imagine the uh the, the you know just the scientific concept of a cruise you know with 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 a pandemic you know Uh, it's it's really crazy i i i chat with doctors and i try to stay out of the political thing even though you know i'm aware of what's going on and some of it's so depressing to me that i i don't ever really talk about it you know what i mean publicly certainly but all i know is uh staying creative uh doing what you're good at improving that and staying positive about everything because those things you can control the madness of the people that don't want to wear a mask or the you know the politicization of it uh is is quite disturbing and i don't like to focus on any any of that i mean even kiss has gotten a lot of flack for gene and paul saying like wear your mask you know Mm. i mean you know right or wrong um it it it's 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 not really the issue, and and we're all in this together. And if you don't believe it, you should still wear a mask. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's all. Oh, it's, uh, it's it's not like a real hardship, is I it? Know. Uh, yeah. I, I, I the yeah. the only thing I would say about that is I got quite hooked up watching CNN through the the course of the American election. In fact, there's a whole load of people in the UK that that became CNN devotees for quite a while. And there was an advert on CNN that just flashed through a number of masks and at the end just said, it isn't a political statement, it's yeah. just a mask. That's all it uh, is. Yeah, I, I watch Sky News sometimes. You know? <laughs> I, I remember finding out that, that you're, uh, you know, I guess Prime Minister is your main guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, but he got COVID the first yeah. time. Yeah, questionably. Yeah. yeah, you guys are pretty wild too. But <laughs> but let's 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 talk about gear. I don't yeah, want to no, go no, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I need to I need to ask you a question subject. because sure. um, only because you mentioned something earlier about about Crazy Nights um, mm-hmm. because it was this enormous hit in the UK. I, I mean, mm-hmm. literally, and I think. The the other thing was it came at a point when we were just um, we really got into compilation albums as well. So suddenly, you know, there was the album itself. There's MTV and the whole video thing going. It was absolutely at the zenith of that kind of arena rock thing. Yeah. You know, every every you know you've seen all the videos with all the screaming fans and the pyro mm-hmm. and what have you. And 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 then this whole thing of suddenly we've got these compilation albums sort of you know 
soft metal or, or metal rocks or leather and lace, hair, leather and lace or heather okay. or whatever. And so the, everywhere you turned, and for a, I don't have Jace at the same, for, for a summer... That song was the only. That was just about the only thing you heard. Well, to be fair, right. mate, you know, I I got the album the day it came out, so it was, it was yeah, <laughs> and the single when that came out, and yeah, so you know, and and it was the Donington year as well, wasn't it? Okay, 88? well, we did that eighty eight, yeah, around then. And let me tell you about that song. Um, well, Nevison was the right producer because we, you know, Paul. It concerned Gene because Gene knew that Nevison would use keyboards, and he was a little lighter in the production. But but he delivered hits for Ozzy and and Hart and and other bands. Um, but Crazy Nights, um, it's not that different from the demo. I, I just got the tape back from my friend who archives everything for me. And uh, the fact he, here's the side note. Um, first of all, I think it's a terrific song and, and it represents Kiss perfectly. Why it wasn't a bigger hit in America? Well, those things are, are too difficult to answer. Who knows? You know. But I'm so grateful that it was a big international hit because there's uh, compilations that have continued to come out. First song that that are especially if it's a UK driven a, a project or a foreign uh, first song, Crazy Nights. You know what I mean on the record. So it's me. And then of course, you know, the majority of the other songs are not make. They're all makeup, of course. But uh, you know, Eric Singer, my my good drummer friend, who's still in Kiss, um, worked with Brian May, for example, mm. and uh, and I, I've met Brian a few times. He's as you know, he he's just rock royalty and one of the loveliest gentlemen on on the planet. I remember meeting him uh, early on in my career, and and Roger was not so friendly, but but Brian was totally like a normal human being very calm and very polite and 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 he came to a weird gig that I was performing at with a disco artist so and the fact that he gave me respect and everything went a long way for me to think about well wow if I ever have have some you know fame in my career I would be polite to people too because he, he's he's as high as you can go as far as I'm concerned that's the one kiss song he knows he he doesn't care about kiss doesn't like kiss doesn't know about kiss he knows Eric was involved with Kiss and all that, mm. but but Eric would be like, "Oh yeah, I know Crazy Nights, yeah, Bruce, Bruce, there's a nice guitar solo on that, you know, kind of thing, you know, and that means the world to me. Of course, yeah. you know, I'm just saying I'll be celebrating Crazy Nights when that that anniversary comes comes up because I guess that came out in '87 actually, so um, you know, I got uh, 2022 will be a big year for my iMovie, right? I'll be busy <laughs> busy doing uh, celebrations, but it, it it's the right song at the right time, and yeah. I don't care if you only knew it from compilation or you supported the record. Uh, that that video was really important, and that's where my BC Rich appeared and my mm. radioactive suit, which is upstairs in my in my entertainment room, you know, so. Um, I'm blessed it all came together, and we're even talking about it. Yeah, well, it's, and it's one of those perfect little moments. If you if you look at songs that just like you say, right time, but also just everything that right about it, just you know, it mm-hmm. just. I yeah. mean, it, I mean, and when it hit the airwaves, and and this is the bit, you know, and, and you, you touched on it earlier on. I don't know why it wasn't massive in the US because I just assumed it was massive everywhere. Right, I, it was just one of those. You know, it's a bit like you, there's certain songs you think about from that era, and you think about, okay, you give them a bad name, and I just think about that as being global, huge. You know, Crazy mm-hmm. Nights, global, huge. Right. You know, a bit later, Poison, Alice right. Cooper, just global, huge, and 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 you know, and there's about maybe six or seven, ten songs maybe you would put in that category if you were to build that '80s rock album. 
you know, and you had ten tracks. Crazy Nights is in there, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, absolutely in there. Here but I Go Again would be on there too. Yeah, here I Go, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah right. You know, Give Love a Bad Name, Poison just about, I think it was 89, sure. that fits in. But that's that. That's the album, isn't it? But then again, if you're from Germany, then a David Hasselhoff song would have to be. <laughs> well, it'd be it'd be nine Scorpion tracks in a David Hasselhoff. Yeah, song. yeah, exactly. But you know um, what I'm saying. You know, there is this global thing where certain artists are bigger in certain countries, and all that's fascinating. And look, um, what the, as long as you're, you know, as long as the artist feels the love and the popularity, this is why those Kiss cruises are are tremendous. I believe that the number one. People that do the cruise are Americans. It's very easy to get to Miami. But I think number two, which is close, is like South America. You know what I mean? Go figure. You know, but it's not that hard for them to get up to Miami and and jump on a ship, you know. Uh, But it's really amazing that international interest in bands. And and God bless all my foreign friends uh, from outside America because they've been so supportive for my career. It's great. I was watching a video yesterday sort of getting ready for this and i was watching some of the kiss cruise videos um because you, you you've done that um you put a band together so is it todd brent and zach zach, zach throne yeah yeah, yeah. And, and you play those those kiss songs that kiss don't play um yeah. which is which is brilliant and it must be fantastic to be on the cruise but i was watching the one where there's you ace and tommy all playing on the stage right. and and it's I've always been kind of amazed that, you know, you see all the press and everybody seems to be, you know, oh, we don't like Ace, blah, blah, blah. Ace doesn't like them. You know, Ace doesn't like Tommy, blah, blah, blah. But then you get these Kiss cruises and everybody seems to come together. It's probably, probably it's like a family thing, isn't it? That Absolutely. All those differences are put aside and you're all together on yeah. stage. The Kiss cruise is like Disneyland for a Kiss fan, okay? So it doesn't really matter if you want to go to Tomorrowland or, you know, Goofy's, whatever, you know, (laughs) (laughs) wherever you want to be or Cinderella's castle. Um, You know, and and believe me, that kind of stuff, it's really interesting. Like when you you make a reference to people complaining about a member of KISS and and, and everyone is on the, uh, you you know, in the bullseye, you you know, maybe me a little less than some others because I, I, I generally don't say anything outrageous or anything and i don't i I don't i don't have anything bad to say really about anybody Mm. i'd rather just say like he's really talented but i don't want to talk about him you know something like that um uh, but 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 the truth is uh when it comes to an event like if you're on that cruise you love kiss and you love all members of kiss and all eras generally yeah then the fact that um all right it was wonderful that paul and gene invited me to play with the guys i got together with tommy beforehand and then of course because ace was on that particular tour in 2008 i mean cruise in 2018 um you know we we realized it was i'll I'll give you guys a little backstory that's pretty funny that that when i was going over the stuff with paul and tommy and he said yeah and then ace is going to come up and do we'll have him do one you know like 2000 man or whatever and then he'll do this and then and I don't know really those songs. I didn't play them on Unplugged, <laughs> the MTV thing. I exited the stage, right? And yeah, Paul yeah. looked at me and he said, you're going to stay on stage. And I'm like, oh, boy. You know, and I, I couldn't say why. I couldn't, you know what I mean? But yeah. I thought about it. And and I think the, the more he made it look like Kumbaya with all, all eras, everybody on stage, the, the, you know, he didn't want to like, like uh, you know, kind of present a narrative of the original guys. That's why Tommy yeah. was going to stay. Or, or it's one thing for Tommy to exit while I arrive, but 
then we're all there. You see what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. It, you, know, it, you know, every band, there's politics. We all know that. But it was fun. I didn't really want to play like seven or eight songs on that one. And then, of course, I in the, in the 2019 Sail Away Party, it was a revolving stage. It was really weird. Um, I remember Gene was unhappy about the monitors feeding back. Well, of course, because at a certain point where the mics are going to get, you know, the other gear, you know, for a moment. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they, they get through it and... Um, they're changing guitars every song, so they they sell to the fans. They're all pre-sold. It's it's really yeah. remarkable uh, the support that the, the fans give them. But um, that was a lot of fun, actually, uh, to come up. And then I, I didn't have to you know be be the sidekick to Ace or you know anything like that. It was just my my moments, and we played more songs than I expected too. So there's there's nothing like that. Um, and and a Kiss Cruise can really um, give that platform. You know, again, because yeah. anything can, it's magical. Anything can happen there. Like so, Disneyland. I, did, <laughs> I just wanted, while we're on the Kiss Cruise, because um, you did the, was it 2017 with your no, 17 I did with my brother, which was an incredible gig. Um, and, I, you know, I can go into a little bit of that, but I'm just saying 19, 18 was Ace, and then 19 uh, was, you know, with, uh, uh, again, I got to sit in with those guys, but, uh, and 2020 got postponed. As you know, yeah. but I was invited back again, which is great because I'm the guy that can, you know, the, the, Kiss was running out of like themes and ideas of what to do. And what happened in 17 was they realized they need, they wanted to stretch out. So Paul had a great idea called uh, kind of called Kiss World and then have a panel and have Peter Chris's wife, first wife, you know, mm. um, have like one of the, the security guard guys who knew them, John Hart, who's a, got a heart of gold, great guy. Have Michael James Jackson, the producer guy, be involved. Invite myself, invite Bob. Of course, all of a sudden, then the contract was you jam with the house band. You know what I mean, Bob and I. And and fortunately, that evolved into playing with Brent Fitz and Todd Kearns. Okay. Yeah. And we we rehearsed for like two days in Vegas very quickly, an hour and fifteen no an hour set we were only asked to do. And we split it up, my brother and I, songs that he contributed, songs of, it was very easy to find songs from my era, of course. And we just did a really magical performance. The lasers were amazing. The sound was great. We didn't have any roadies, no sound. The sound guy was just like, you know, the promoter's sound guy, you know what I mean, who goes mm. on the boat. And that concert was, was really special. And it was, uh, you know, obviously... Um, uh, it, it caused a little bit of friction with my brother because then he thought I would leave Grand Funk and just be the Kulik brothers, you know, now for the rest of our our our, our, our touring years. And I wasn't going to leave a gig like Grand Funk because that's it's a little distorted putting the Kulik brothers on the Kiss Cruise. You know what I mean? Mm. That's 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 like where the Kiss fans all are and they're going to treat you like gold. But you take that outside of that, it might have been, you know, successful in some places, but not enough to sustain you know, necessarily sustain a big tour. You get yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And and the Grand Funk gig has been really good for me. So um, we were invited back for 18. And then my brother, you know, you got to play the game of the music business uh, carefully. And it's the Kiss Cruise. They don't have to have you. You don't, mm-hmm. you know, there's people that would do it for nothing. And of course, they, they were giving us what I felt was a respectable offer. And it wasn't enough for Bob, and that caused stress with us to the point where I didn't even want to do it. And then, and, and finally, uh, they told me, "No, you're going to do it. If Bob's not happy, he doesn't have to be there." And I was like, "Oh, that's not really going to be 
very comfortable either. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. but they want they knew I was in the band for twelve years, and as much as Bob has history and he was important to them, it's not fair for for me to bail completely because I can't work out the money with my with my brother. You know, so sadly, that caused a big riff with us. And um, I, of course, delivered the goods with um, by by having Zach uh, Throne, a really, really gifted guitar player or bass player, and he played bass and sang the Gene song. So my band even got, you know, morphed into another yeah. element. And that's yeah. what happened on 18 and 19. And then the medleys, and obviously I'm only going to concentrate on my material, which is too many songs to begin with. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> well, so it's, it was, it's like you know, 10 albums good or something, isn't it? Seven mm-hmm. studio albums and then... I, I never count because, you know, I do count some of the things I do on even on Animalized uh, Live, you know, which were mm. things previously. But, yeah, we were mostly concentrating on the albums I was related to, uh, even though we did stuff from, um, you know, a little bit of everything, even on anim- Animalized, I thought, uh, uh, medley we did, and Hot in the Shade, and Revenge, and X and Sex, you know, bonus tracks, of Rock yeah, Hard, yeah, yeah. you know. It was a lot of fun. Those guys are incredible. Todd Kearns is so talented. The real deal. Brent Fence is a dear friend of mine from from Union, you know, the band I have with John Karabi. And Zach Throne is like my secret weapon because he could sing like a bird or sing like Gene. Those are different (laughs) animals. You know that. But but plays bass amazing and 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 these guys harmonize amazing together. I love these guys. I, I affectionately call them the mob, members of Bruce's band, two Bs, okay, for mob, the Las Vegas mob, you know. And and we had plans to record something fun this year. It's going to happen early next year, but yeah. I got so busy with so much content and new things to do uh, that I couldn't properly um, put that attention to that song that I want to do with them. And our goal and our always goal, even if we all had our normal gigs, was to record some songs, maybe put out an EP. We already have original material prepared, but I, 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 I know how to prioritize things. And, and, and sadly, that couldn't be at the top right now. December would have been easy, but then I got two gigs. I yeah. have to call the streaming events gigs now. Believe it or not, even though I'm not going anywhere, <laughs> you know what I mean. I'm not flying anywhere, but um, I love those guys, and I can't say enough kind words about their talent and their support and knowledge of Kiss. They push me, you know what I mean. So, so I suppose we should kind of like veer into the gear, really. Um, okay, yeah, I'm running out of time here. You, you, you wind me up, and and, and <laughs> so the, my largest Garage Band file, my audio for you, you know, ever ever done. So, yeah, go ahead. So, uh, are you are you still on the ESPs? You're still on the Marshall JCM 900s. Yes, I um, I like like for the Grand Funk gigs, I'm able to since that mu- music does go through a little bit of uh, um, styles of you know representing their years. We don't do anything Kiss there, mm. so it's fascinating and it's a great question, Jason. That the my my go to amp's always the 900 series, and with my pedal board, I know how to make it work, and I can go anywhere in the world if it's a functioning 900 series dual reverb. I can get I can get my sound. All right, I could work with a two thousand and some other amps, but the point is, I, I I do like those amps. So my backline gear for Grand Funk's always been that. Um, but guitar wise, yeah, in in there'll always be ESPs and largely ESPs. But with Grand Funk, because of the backline truck, I could have a Les Paul out on the road. It will be a chambered one because I don't like heavy guitars <laughs> on my shoulder. Uh, there'll always be some sort of strat, so that could be a real Fender one and or an ESP because they've made that too. Yeah. And um, I love the Vipers, which is like an ESP SG kind of style guitar. 
I, uh, there were times I was playing 335s, you know, because I love those guitars, and that might be appropriate for a song. Maybe a telly for, for a song. So um, now what happened, like, like to dig into the Kiss catalog, I got to have a Floyd Rose mm-hmm. if I'm going to have one guitar. Yeah. So hence, you see me on the cruise. I got this. I, I was so lucky to find this used 2008 M2 uh, ESP that is just my friend you go to cameo the cameos that I do most of the time I'm just playing that because that thing just behaves and plays like butter it's the M- it's the M2 the two pickup version because you yeah the two pickup on- uh, black yeah. it has a reverse headstock Floyd Rose this one happens to have Duncan um, blackouts on it I think they're called and they're really cool they're a little different than EMGs but they're really awesome um, and that guitar last cruise I was able to take another one a vintage plus to have as a spare but they're just tremendous instruments. And, and yeah, for the Kiss and those sessions where I have to be more Kiss-like, I'm, sometimes I'm playing my vintage ESPs, my Banana or Sunburst Horizon, you know. Um, but the go-to amps and guitars, and, and, and obviously recording in my home is easy. You know, there's, there's, there's gear here, but I can, you know, you know, believe me, your sound's in your hand anyway. You, you guys know that. You know, Slash sounds like Slash on... My guitars, and I'll, I'll sound like me on his Les Paul. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. I always love that uh, one that was, I can't remember what the color's called. It's kind of like blue fading to white. Yeah, um, so that's an ESP M1, and the original one's actually in England. Go see it. Uh, that, that one is, and I call it the uh, flip-flop blue burst, okay, or flip-flop blue. And it's at the Hard Rock, the merch building by Hyde Park in London, you know. Uh, and I've had people take pictures like when you before you go down the staircase if you're mm. going to the vault you would see it there and uh esp kindly made me a uh recreation of that a replica that is beautiful and i've shown that recently this mm. this year because i got it uh probably early this year before the pandemic but that's a terrific guitar too I, I i i'm trying to work out a way that esp can offer replicas of that as well because i've done very well with the multi-swirl one yeah and i've recorded even with my replica the real ones in Sweden with a diehard fan who has like my outfits from Asylum. This guy's <laughs> insane. No, a very very impressive collection, I have to admit. But um, those ESPs, the M1, you see, that's all you really need. You know what I mean? For the, those Kiss years, you know, I played mm. the Charvels originally. Then I morphed into the ESP line because now I'm dealing with a New York company. Even though they're Japanese, they had their their uh, you know kind of U.S. distributor in New York. So. And I've I've had this relationship with them since 1985. It's crazy, and I'm still really tight with them. Their new um, M, they call it the 1987, which is an M1, is really close to some of the things I played during my Kiss years. And they're mm-hmm. great guitars, and they offer them as LTDs. So price wise, they're I think they're a bargain. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Well, I'll talk to um, Drew, who's the UK. Yeah. For yeah. The there you go. <laughs> So, Drew, I just want this flip-flop blue kind of color. Can you? Well, that one you're not going to find quite yet. But 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 look at the those M1. It's just called the keywords 1987. Yeah, right, I remember okay. I was using them a little earlier. But mm. it's a one pickup, like a soloist body, horizon body, neck through, one pickup, Floyd Rose go. You know, I mean, fast neck, big frets, amazing. Yeah, really just guitars. remember that you you were using Shelvel at the. You, was it a gold one that you used on the animalized? I had tour? a gold one. I had a blue one. I had a silver one later in the in America. Here's my issue: those are great guitars, and they were all custom made. Then he sells them to Japan, 
and they were doing the one with the white decal without the real Floyd roses and all. And those are pretty cool. But in general, the Charvel necks were too flat for me around the back. Mm. ESP was making a more Fender feeling neck for me. Mm. Not for yeah. personally for me, in general, okay? Yeah. So I'm much more comfortable. I've never been super, super comfortable on any of the Charvels. Like the one that's in, there's famous Charvels that I've been performing with, even in videos, I sold ages ago because I was like, eh, this doesn't feel right to me anymore now that I'm playing this. There's a, a custom-designed Zebra soloist Jackson guitar, which is a Charvel, and I had to sell it. You know, I regret getting rid of anything you know, now, of course, because I've been celebrating it all. So. Have you still got the, um, the Junior? Um, I have a junior, uh, the beat up one from Revenge. Yes, mm. it looks like a, a Frankenstein. Like the, uh, you know, it went through. Uh, I bought it. It was like some punk guy must have had it. I don't even know if the neck's <laughs> original, but it's an amazing sounding guitar. It's like Eric, if I asked Eric Singer for my, you know, tell me your favorite, you know, guitar that I own, he'd probably say that junior, that beat up junior. Mm. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, I always. I'll go on, Jay. Oh, you carry on. Sorry, you carry on. No, no. I was just saying, I, I always, uh, it, it was one of the great, uh, you know, as much as I enjoyed the reunion and, and, and so on, it was such a disappointment to me because I felt that Revenge was the, the best Kiss album for a decade at least. And then I love Carnival of Souls. It's just my, it is just, it's the most honest Kiss album, I think. When it it stops being about shagging girls, and actually right. you get you get songs of like Paul singing to his son and things like that. Yep. And I think because I'd grown up by that point, it felt really nice that the band had grown up as well. Well, well, what, how it happened was we we just needed to do a heavier record than Revenge. And originally, I think Gene and Paul asked Ezrin if he'd want to be involved. He helped us with the first song. It's kind of funny. Um, the way you get your money back then from the label your your first half so let's say whatever it is if it's a million dollars or a hundred thousand dollars you'd get 50 if it was a hundred you'd get you know half a million um but you have to show that you have started you know so i remember we 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 went in and cut and ironically it was uh i walk alone i an earlier version of i walk alone and we went to a studio and um then I'm not sure why, but Ezrin decided not to. But music was getting really dark and and more grungy and and heavy. And we wound up using you know Toby Wright, who knew Soundgarden, but who also knew Kiss very well, because he he's done he he did some recording work, assisting uh, engineer work on I don't remember which record, but um, and and yeah, the 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 riffs and everything were heavy. I had nine co-writes because I was. I really hunkered down and just started jamming to my drum machine, weird time signatures and figuring out detuned riffs that were heavy and interesting. And I always tell the fans, well, if you love the record, thank you. If you hate it, don't blame me. They were looking for a heavier, darker <laughs> record than Revenge. But thank you. You know, and had a re- that's, a, that's a challenging record to play. I mean, we, we, my, my cruise band have done some songs from it. It's hard. And, and some Kiss fans hate it. Paul never... Never warmed up to it. He always still says poopy things about it, sadly. But but you're right. Like a song like "I Will Be There" is such an honest, loving song, which is very different from you know uh, other sensitive ballads or whatever. And 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 that album, I think, uh, um, you know, will always stand the test of time as the final sessions. You know, but mm. but uh, what can I say? And I love the "I Walk Alone," even though uh, the title was. Uh, uh, you know, Gene wrote it for him to sing it, and then it was Toby that said, "You have to sing that song, Bruce." 
and he didn't know the reunion was coming. Mm. But but he heard me sing the demos because we kept I kept working on that song mm. and on my YouTube channel by the way I show how that song developed I had to do it in three parts because it was a lot to do but uh, that was before I really knew how to do my iMovie but it's there you know <laughs> I, I explain and I play a bit of the, all the different versions and how it kept evolving and how I flipped the tape and got the whole backwards drums and the guitars backwards it was quite a challenge I had a lot of fun. And 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 to your point, Ant, like I was just dealing with the most primitive gear mm. then, you know, a four track, a twelve track machine, you know, cassettes, flipping cassettes, and that becomes the master that I'm going to record over. Uh, and now, you know, here we are. Why why wouldn't I want to jump into something a little more sophisticated, but not too intense, yeah. you know, yeah. to do it all? Well, well, well I was going. I know I'm very conscious that we're nearly there on time as well. And I suppose the first yep. thing I need to ask is Bruce. Can we do this again? Because I don't think we've even begun to scratch the surface. So, would you would you would you find some time in the new year if we wanted to do a part two? Would that be would that be? Cool? I, I would love to, and then uh, you, you, I, we'll give you guys equal time. We'll put it on a timer. You know, <laughs> but, but unlike Kiss videos where where they used to well, like Kiss videos where they they used to count each other's shots. <laughs> of course, Eric and I were were we, we were on the floor. You know what I mean? <laughs> we we didn't have any footage, but but the two of them which would, would cut the you know like how many how, wait, wait we got to go back to you know <laughs> well well i'm gonna i'm gonna steal in and i'm gonna ask the last question and okay. uh, and you know jason's just great jason's just gonna live with it and 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 it, <laughs> it's only because it's december but i yes. i need to talk to you about we wish you a merry christmas and a head-banging new year i think that's the full title isn't it we wish you a metal mm-hmm. christmas and a head-banging new right. year um because you know You've got to be on a Christmas tune at some point in your career, otherwise, yep. it's not worked out the way it should have worked out. Uh, as far as as far as I'm concerned, and you're on that twice, and I believe on one of the tracks you're with your brother. Yeah, well, Bob actually produced uh, the the main one you're referring to. That actually has done quite well, and um, it was with uh, JoLynn Turner singing. Um, you know, and and it's one of the big like for me as a featured artist on a you know track with a lot of different known players it does really well and i just mentioned it to my wife last night actually how i got to start slamming that you know reminding people and bring it bring it back in everyone's attention because you know i really love love the way it came out and i always joke around when the song comes up lisa and i listen to a lot of christmas music actually during the holidays but we listen to traditional versions you know and i go like honey is that the same figgy pudding that that i did you know for my brother's you know metal christmas yes it is bruce you you know you know so we, we joke around about it but yeah no i'm real proud of that i'm glad you brought it up and i'm i and then um um and i might shout out to lisa lisa what's the other thing about the the herald yeah so like there was another record that i did for somebody else where um they were called uh, northern lights orchestra right kind of like an elo type of project yeah. where mm. but they were originals they weren't actual and and my producer friend of mine jeremy he suggested, why don't, why don't you play a little bit of a Christmas song on that fade out when it settles down, you know, and then, you know, I, you know that was the song. It was the Herald. And then I, I got really frustrated about it because I just couldn't remember where the notes went. I knew the melody, mm-hmm. but I just was having a, a hard time. And and then I I got so frustrated. So the funny thing I said was just like, and what the hell is a Herald anyway? You know, you know what I mean? You know, like, 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 what did I say? Oh, who the hell is Harold? You know. <laughs> well, and what's the explanation? The 
with the Herald engines, you know, that da 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 you know, that thing. So anyway, I, I love this. Um, I love the music that comes with the season. I should be on, on 30 Christmas songs, and I will let you guys know. You'll find it on YouTube. Lisa and I always prepare a song for the last, I think, four years. We've entertained everybody with a traditional song where I play more jazzy. Mm-hmm. And usually it's a, a Goldust Paul or a jazz guitar or, you know, it's not, not a Screaming Floyd Rose M2, you know what I mean, or M1. <laughs> And, and we have fun with it, and she's got a beautiful voice, so I really enjoy it. And we, we have to start rehearsing for that after the after the other streaming event yeah. is done. Well, we do yeah. a we do a playlist that goes along with the podcast, and we'll we'll oh, we'll great. put a, a, a you know mix of tracks. But obviously, we'll yeah. we'll we'll include one of the tracks from that because it's on Spotify, Wonderful. so we can do that. So, which one of the two would you Absolutely. prefer? We wish you a Merry Christmas, or would you prefer Rocking Around the Christmas Tree? No, no, I, I think that we, we Wish You a Merry Christmas is really fun. Okay, okay. Yeah, the, I like that one a lot. The other th- I think that one gets the most traction, too. Well, the other thing about the album, which is great in terms of the podcast, is the fact that um, we've spoken to you, which is fantastic. We've also spoken to Bum- Bumblefoot, who did Frosty the Snowman on the bonus tracks. Oh, cool. And we've also <laughs> spoken to Mike, Mike Exeter, who engineered. So oh, it's, ex- great, it's, great. it's almost becoming the 942 album. Sure and, it, sure, and who wouldn't want the 942 album to be a Christmas album? Well, yes. Yep. <laughs> Listen. We'll enjoy. All right, guys. Bruce, it's been an absolute We're good. pleasure. We'll do this again next year, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll focus on other things, whatever we didn't cover. We, yeah, I mean, we haven't talked about Meatloaf, Blackjack, Union, Grand oh, Funk, really, yeah, the, the solo oh. albums. I've got it all written down. It would be a lot of fun. Right. Absolutely. I want to thank you guys. And, you know, for those of you out there that don't know, you know, BruceKulik.com for all things Kulik. That's what I like to say. Uh, oh, okay, and guys. Uh, before you go, yep. happy birthday. It's happy birthday. Oh, thank Saturday, you. isn't it? Tomorrow. Well, you know, in Australia, it's already happening. Yes. <laughs> happy birthday now. Thank you. All right, <laughs> okay, guys. Take care, Bruce. Be well. Right. Cheers. Thanks. Cheers, Bye-bye. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to 9 to 42, the podcast from the team at the Guitar Show UK. If you've enjoyed the show, then please remember to hit the subscribe button and share with other like-minded souls. For more information about 9 to 42, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at the Guitar Show UK. This has been an A Short Stories production. 